Today, I'm telling you a travel story from hell. It's gonna be fun <laughs> to recount. This was from my most recent trip to New York, which was a couple of weeks ago. I was heading out just to see some friends and get myself out of the slump. It's been an interesting year. It's been a challenging year, I think, emotionally and mentally for a lot of people, uh, and even more so financially for a lot of, a lot of people, and it's been wild. So for me personally, I've had a bit of a mental health slump these last couple of months, given the circumstances. However, I was sent off to go see my best, best friends in the world, who all live in New York, who I went to college with, um, by my husband who told me to go and have fun and feel happiness again. <laughs> um, so that was wonderful. And thank you, Sam. And thank you, friends who hung out with me. However, the trip to actually get to New York was pretty special. I'm a good flyer. I like to fly. I am not afraid. However, I get very stressed out about timing, about being late, about forgetting something, about being stupid. Like I, I have a lot of fears about messing up something dumb, like something really small and then feeling really self-critical. But that's another episode. So I'm at the airport and I'm already sort of anxious because I'm just not in the rhythm of it. We board the plane. We sit there for enough time to go by where the person across the aisle from me. <laughs> and look, I don't know why this happens to me. I must have a friendly aura. I, I think I can't. I, I would feel so uncomfortable if I met someone's gaze and I didn't smile at them. So maybe it's that that's my problem or... But look, I board the plane. I am never, and I'm trying to just get better at this, just being open to whatever social interaction comes my way and not being so protective about it, but I will ne I never want to speak to someone on an airplane. Never. I don't, because I, especially at the beginning, at the end, maybe, fine, you know, we're about to to part ways and if it's uncomfortable or I don't like you then then I don't have to see you again not at the beginning no way dude and I come in I've got my big you know over the ear headphones like blocking me out nobody talked to me I close my eyes when I get in my seat and I am like come on baby sometimes I don't even have often I don't even have anything playing because I want to be able to hear if there's any announcements or anything like that but I just have those headphones on just to have them on so that nobody talks to me. Because why would you talk to someone who has big headphones on unless you need to communicate with them? Like, why would you do that? Why? So anyway, I'm sitting, I'm in an aisle seat with my big headphones and I make the mistake of <laughs> opening my eyes. <laughs> and I, I kind of looked, I don't know, I, may, I don't remember what I was looking at, but but the guy across the aisle from me caught my eye and said something to me. I wish I remembered what, but oh, asked me about New York if I lived there or something. And I was like, oh, I'm just visiting. And, and uh, he starts talking to me about how he's a chef, which this is already my worst nightmare. Also because I, it's uncomfortable as a young woman to be talked to by a random stranger man because you can't help but 
assume that they're trying to hit on you in some capacity because otherwise why would they be going out of their way to talk to you like no one is looking for friends on the on the airplane right so there's that weird element to it and maybe I'm just projecting (laughs) you know he starts talking to me about this restaurant he works at and he's showing me and he's actually I mean he actually used to work at La Bernadette which is Eric Repair's restaurant, which I'm a huge chefy kind of gal. Like, I love great chefs. I love following their journey. So I know who Eric Repair is, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of impressed. I mean, I'm he's never going to get what he wants here if he is trying to, to, to hit on me in some capacity, which I think he is because he's inviting me to come to his restaurant, and he's, like, writing it down. He's like, come and tell me if you're going to come, and I'll bring you food. And I was like, oh, maybe me and my husband will go there sometime. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm having not a fun time with that experience, though he was nice. I don't want to, you know. And then he's like, what's your Instagram and blah, 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 which is always weird because then people are like, oh, well, who are you? What do you do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm an actor. And then they're like, oh, are you, have you been in anything I've, I've seen? <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you've seen. Clearly not which is totally fine. Most There's so much content on the planet. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you've seen. I don't know about you. I don't know your life. So anyway, that's uncomfortable. But I, I can't lie. I've decided I don't want to lie anymore about being an actor when random people ask me because I I felt like, I don't know, I, I had this big come to, come to self where I was like, I don't want to hide anything. I don't want to hide. I don't want to be cagey. I just want to interact with the world as I really am and be honest with people. But I also don't like the result of being honest with people. So maybe I need to rethink and just give myself a pass in situations like this. Like on an airplane, you can say you're an accountant. (laughs) But then he's like, give me your Instagram. It's like, well, there's, that's not the Instagram of an accountant. Anyway, so I'm already, it's off to a bad start in my books. I'm, cause I, and I keep trying to end the conversation, end the conversation, cause it's uncomfortable. It's not what I wanna do. Like, I, I wanna just zen out. I wanna read. I don't wanna be having this conversation that then, like, the longer this goes on, the more permission this person has to speak to me throughout this multi hour flight, cause I'm flying from the West Coast. So, like, this is a, like, five hour flight. And I do not want to give him permission to continue talking to me. So, I'm trying to kindly, end this conversation but saved by the bell the pilot comes on board and is like yo y'all it is flooded in new york and we're all like what (laughs) what do you mean just some heavy rain and it's no 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 we're flooded so they were going to deboard us and delay so we deboarded and i was like thank god i can get away from this guy But I was also like, well, damn, because I had a checked bag on the flight. So I was thinking, because this wasn't a trip that I, I didn't have to be there in any time sensitive matter. I was already in LA and I was like, well, I could maybe just stay. Well, because my agent then is texting me like Kennedy, because she knew I was coming to New York. She was sending me these videos of Brooklyn and which was where I was staying. And the streets were flooded like up to your rib cage flooded and I thought how the hell is this going to clear up in time and I had just had a hard last couple of days in LA and and I just was like I don't want to do this 
I don't want to do this. And I don't want to wait in this airport for forever. I just want to go home. And I want, you know, I just, it was, you know, it was a whole thing. So I was thinking, I mean, I called, called Sam, my husband that, and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And this was just, he was like, I don't know, man. It was one of those times where this was during an era of a kind of series of unfortunate events that sort of hasn't ended. But you know, when you have years like that or months like that or whatever, where you're like, well, and then you, you're sharing it with a partner and, uh, <laughs> And then you both are going through it all the time and you both are like, oh, well, God dog it. I don't know. So that was just sad. But I'm like, I don't know what to do. My my bag's on this flight. My parents were flying too, who obviously I would think to call first because my mom is the queen of traveling. And I was like, I, I couldn't call them because they were on an airplane themselves. So I thought, I don't know what to do. My bag's on this flight. I guess we'll just see. And, and, and my agent's sending me these videos and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm getting there today. And I was already supposed to have been there earlier in the week. But then as I'm trying to figure out what to do, they're like, quick, get back on the plane. We're going to try and take off in this quick, like in this short window of time in the storm. And so we're like, oh, okay, great. So I'm booking it back on the plane and I'm thinking, God damn it, I have to sit next to this guy again. But okay, I can do it. I'm just going to get in there. I'm going to headphones on. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm not going to open them. And so I get back on the plane and I'm like, okay, we're, we're settling in. So everybody gets back on the plane and I'm like, all right, we're going to make it. I'm texting my agent. I'm like, we're going to make it. I'm texting Sam. My parents like, everything's going to be fine. It's all going to be okay for you. And then <laughs> the pilot announces the new state of affairs, which is that the logbook was removed from the plane when we initially deboarded. And the logbook was not present on the plane currently. And they could not locate it. And they had to get the logbook on the plane in order for us to take off for whatever reason. I'm sure it's a good reason, but I don't know. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, couldn't have gone that far because we were only deplaned for about 20 minutes. So you'd think it could only be at most 20 minutes away. <laughs> so we sit there and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And the guy to my left has, has moved on and has started talking to the other person in his row, which was a big blessing. But then the woman, I was very fortunate in that the middle seat in my row was empty. I was on the aisle and then this woman was in the window seat. And, you know, I, I, I get up to go to the bathroom for a second and I come back and now I'm vulnerable to be spoken to because I'm not sitting with my eyes closed. And so she decides to start speaking to me. And I'm thinking, you know, well, what else? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Goodbye to my, my plans to read quietly. I was reading a good book. I was really excited to just sit and read. But alas. So she's chatting me up. We're talking about a bunch of things. She finds out I'm an actor. Her cousin's an actor. She's spends 30 minutes trying to pull up a picture of her cousin, which was is great and everything, but it's just like I... At some point in that 30 minutes, you go, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. We're strangers. We'll never see each other again. And it literally has no bearing on either of our lives for you to see this. And then she's showing me photos of her at Moulin Rouge with her friends. <laughs> I'm just like, this is so odd. What, what about me 
elicits this in other people, like behavior I would never exhibit, which is not that it's bad. It was all really lovely, especially from her. You know, she was coming from, I think, a genuine place, just wanting to connect. And I think that's really nice. But like, why are you showing me your vacation photos? I am a stranger. (laughs) Oh my God. So we're sitting and an hour goes by and I'm also in the back of the plane and I'm hearing the flight attendants talk about what a shit show it is in New York. And because they're both based in New York and they're talking about that and just that it's a disaster there. That I mean, even if we landed, there'd be no taxis. The subways are flooded. There's just, it's a disaster. And we're sitting on this plane like, oh my God. And I know where I'm going. I'm going to the neighborhood that was most flooded. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh God, like an hour has passed. And we're like, where is the logbook? Where's the logbook? And there's nothing that I hate more than sitting on a plane that's not moving. It's the same way I feel in traffic, sitting in a car that's not moving. I, oh, it just elicits something in me that I just, I, I, you feel claustrophobic almost. Like I need to move forward in space. I need to progress so badly. So that sort of itchiness is like rising up in me. And the pilot comes on and they're like, hey man, this uh, logbook, we still can't find it. <laughs> it's like, where is it? Where is it if you can't find it? What, where, what happened to it? What happened to it? Where? Who ran off with the, log, the logbook? Who ran off with that? What, what are they doing with it? Why are they sabotaging us? Why is this happening? And, and don't you have a, a digital logbook? Are you joking? Like, it's 2023. Anyway, I'm also starting to get really hungry because it's a long flight. I didn't really have many snacks with me because I wasn't anticipating the need for it. Because at this point, it's now been, you know, we're encroaching upon two hours, three hours. We're just sitting, not moving on the plane. And this is a five-hour flight once we take off. So we're already on hour three and we haven't made any progress. And I'm, you know, I like snuck back to the back and I was like, hey guys, hey flight attendants, do you have any snacks? And they were, oh, I sorry, I keep jostling my metal straw. And they provided me very wonderfully with some snacks, though mostly all uh, variations of cracker. I sat back down and started eating my variations of cracker. And also the Golden Bachelor had just premiered. I was really excited about that and Bachelor in Paradise, and I couldn't watch it because I didn't have any internet on the plane, and I was feeling upset about that, but my agent was like, Kennedy, use your hotspot and watch The Golden Bachelor right now. (laughs) You're going to be okay because, yeah, anyway, well, yeah. I was, she knew I was in a fragile emotional state (laughs) at the time (laughs) based on the events of the prior days. So I'm eating my crackers. I'm watching Gary on The Golden Bachelor. And I have a, I have 45, well, 42. I have 42 minutes of peace. <laughs> and by the time I'm done, I'm thinking they're going to have that logbook and be ready to go. They're not. They're not. It's not. There's no logbook. It's gone. 
who who knows? There's also a repair now happening, I guess. Some some mechanical issues now being solved, which was another nail in the coffin for us. And uh, eventually, eventually, the logbook is returned to the airplane. We get the, the great news. Everyone cheers. <laughs> the logbook! Yeah! Finally. Thank God. Thank God. So the logbook is returned. We are free. We fly to New York. It's a great flight. No complaints. It's long. I'm, I continue my, my chatting and my planning with the woman in my row who, you know, we were trying to figure out the best routes because we didn't know. We didn't know if we would land and everything would be flooded still, like what we were going to do. Oh, hi, cats. Both of my cats have joined me in my little pop-up studio here. Hi, angels. So I land in New York. I walk with my lady friend. (laughs) My lady friend? (laughs) I walk with this woman I've met. And, you know, we have the plans. I call my hotel to make sure that the streets aren't flooded. And they're like, what? It's like, I'm just making sure that I am going to be able to get there. They're like, yeah. I was like, okay, sorry. I It's confusing because it's hard to get any genuine information in the world. Okay, lady? So I'm walking with my lady friend <laughs> from the plane. And we walked to baggage claim. I'm waiting for my bag. I say goodbye. We hug. I hugged her. We, have, we, have, we went through something with the logbook there together. And she goes on her merry way. And I'm waiting for my checked bag, which has all of my belongings in it, including some expensive equipment, you know. And all the bags come out one by one by one by one by one. And everyone gets their bag and disperses. And finally, there's my bag, the very last one. Phew! Big win. Didn't lose my bag. That would have broken me, I think. So, because I'm already just, ugh, exhausted. So, get my bag. Thank God. I go and wait in line for a taxi because I've decided to go the taxi route and not the Ubers because I don't know what's happening with the flooded streets and I trust a taxi over an Uber, which was also a mistake. So I get in a taxi. I'm looking at the routes. I say, you know, here's where I'm going. And I say, hey, can we take this highway? Because I see that there's like a major slowdown on this other one. And he goes, no, 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 no. That one yeah, has just a bunch of roads that give you a speeding ticket. So I'm, we're going we're gonna go this way. And I was like, okay, okay, sure, fine, whatever. So we take the highway he wants to take. And there's been a huge crash on this highway. So we end up sitting in standstill traffic for like 25 to 30 minutes. And at this point, my body is like bursting out of my skin. I'm like, I cannot sit in a parked vehicle any longer. I'm going to die. I have to progress forward. I have to arrive at this hotel room. Please, God, I'm so hungry. All I've had is crackers. I so badly want to get to my hotel. It's already so late, by the way. It's past midnight. And I'm just itching to get into my hotel room and close the door and be alone and to watch Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) And eat some good food. Have a little room service and like, 
veg, I made it. All is well. Things are going to look up. You know, I've been beaten down and I'm so excited to be in New York with my friends. So eventually we get through the standstill and I'm just like sweating. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And eventually we get to my hotel. I say, thank you so much, sir. And he felt really bad that he didn't listen to my suggestion, which was nice. But I still, A, it was more expensive and B, it took forever. So I go into my hotel lobby. I say, hey, I'm checking in for... Kennedy McMahon, yada, yada, yada. So she's looking in the computer system. And I'm thinking, this is taking kind of a long time. And she's clicking and she's clicking. She's looking. She's clicking. (laughs) And she goes, oh, your reservation was canceled because you were a no-show. I'm going to leave a moment of silence for that. Because listen to this. Here's the background on my hotel reservation. I, A, spent three full days pretty much looking at all of my options of where I could stay in New York to have a combination of, because it's so expensive, y'all. It is so expensive. And I had booked far in advance and I decided to go with a hotel and not an Airbnb. I had a bad Airbnb experience the last time I stayed in an Airbnb in New York. I didn't want to do that again, except for I was bummed that I was spending this much money, but I got a really good rate when I booked it. Also, I found out before I went, I had booked it for, I'm arriving on a Thursday in this story. I had booked my hotel for to arrive on Monday, which is when I was supposed to arrive, but I had to do something in LA that got in the way of my trip. So when that came up, I called the hotel in New York and I said, hey, I'm not going to be arriving till Thursday now. You know, can I cancel these other nights that I'm not going to be there? And essentially, long story short, it was cheaper for me to keep the rate that I had booked it at in advance that was also a longer stay. So it was cheaper for me to pay for those nights, even though I wasn't going to be there, than it would be for me to cancel them and like make a new reservation with fewer nights, which is kind of crazy, but whatever. And I was going to get points for it anyway. I'm like a big points gal. So it was a Marriott hotel. I was going to get points for it. So I was like, oh, well, at least there's that, even though this is kind of an unfortunate situation, but whatever. And so I called them and he said, you know, I'm talking to the manager and this was, you know, before my trip. We talk on the phone. He said, it's all good. And I just said, I I think I just want to keep those nights, even though I'm not going to be there. And he said, okay, well, you know, we'll do a remote check-in for you on Monday. Because I asked him, I was like, is there anything I need to do to check in or, you know, whatever, even though I'm not going to be there till Thursday? And he said, nope, we can check you in from afar and we'll expect you to arrive on Thursday, but your reservation will start on Monday. And I was like, great, okay, thank you, is what it is. So fast forward to the present moment. I'm standing there in the lobby, and she says that my reservation was canceled as a no-show on Monday. And I said, well, you see, I called, and I'm instantly crying. It's one of those days. It's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those months. I am, I feel battered. emotionally and mentally and I and I'm also starving I'm so hungry so I'm standing there and I'm instantly crying and I'm like it's not your fault I know you didn't do it it's not your fault but I called I called and I did everything right and I had I I made this you know 
thing. I like called and I, I made this plan with Daniel and she's looking up and she sees my reservation and she goes, oh, there's even a note here. So Daniel, shout out to Daniel at the Town Place Suites Marriott in Park Slope, who's the manager, had made a note who I was talking to on the phone weeks prior, had made a note in my reservation to check me in remotely on Monday. But whoever was working on Monday didn't do that. And so I was standing there and I was like, well, I, well, um, and she's like, I don't, I, we don't, I can't give you your reservation because we already gave that room away. And I was like, okay, do you have any other rooms? And she said, nope. (laughs) Because the extra rooms they had were flooded by the flood of a fucking century. Which, of course, happened the one day that I'm traveling to New York. So their extra rooms are flooded. <laughs> I have to laugh because it I hit rock bottom in that moment. <laughs> and I know that that maybe sounds dramatic, but the context for the rest of my mental state from just what had transpired in the, in the weeks prior, like, I was week this week of of brain and I was like I don't know what to do dude I'm like crying standing in the middle of the night in a like post-flood Brooklyn with all my big bags and I'm so hungry and I'm like I feel like dying in this moment and she's like there's nothing I can do to help you and I go Oh my God, I'm literally stranded in the middle of the night in Brooklyn. There is no room in the inn. I have no place to rest my weary head. I'm in the middle. It's like unsafe. Like, what am I going to do, dude? I don't know. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And she was trying to be helpful, but like, you know, she was very nice. But oh my God. And I was like, I, I, I just... I mean, we were just like kind of staring at each other like, I don't know what to do. And she didn't know how to help me. And I was just standing there crying. Some random girl was like losing her shit. So I start calling some friends that I have that live in in Brooklyn. And it's like 1.30 in the morning at this point. So, you know, most people are probably asleep. I have three like close friends that I felt like I could call who lived in Brooklyn because I I had other people I could call if I wanted to go up to Manhattan and I was willing to do that but I also had just you know I just didn't want to spend money on a car I didn't want to go on the subway obviously with in the middle of the night with my huge suitcase I call those three friends and nobody answers and I'm thinking oh my god everybody's asleep and I am fucking stuck in Brooklyn in the middle of the night with nowhere to rest. And it's not my fault. I did everything right. And I had so much anxiety, travel anxiety about doing something wrong, about something going wrong like this, that I had forgotten something stupid. Like, and I didn't, I didn't even forget anything stupid. Somebody else did something stupid. And it was, I just, there was no way for me to not pay for it. Then my savior, my friend Isabel, shout out to Isabel and Eric, her partner. Isabel calls me back and she's like, hey, dude. And I was like, hey, um, so 
I just landed in New York and I'm, and I just, I mean, I'm a flood. I just start weeping and I'm like, I can't get, I, my, they canceled my reservation at my hotel and I don't have anywhere to sleep and I just need a place to sleep. Can I sleep on your couch? And she was like, of course, of course, come on over. And I was so relieved. I was so relieved. So I call a car and I get in. The Uber driver goes, hey, how are you? And I said, I'm terrible. (laughs) And he didn't speak to me for the rest of the ride, which was great with me. And so I sat there feeling terrible, texting my mom and telling her what happened. And she, as the superhero that she is, got me a reservation for the next night because I was feeling like my trip is screwed because I don't have accommodations for I was supposed to be there I was there for for 10 days and I didn't have anywhere to stay and like I wasn't about to spend the money to book a hotel right now like that immediate because it was so expensive it's crazy expensive and I just I don't know I have like a moral wall that goes up in in terms of spending too much on something stupid. Like, I do not need to spend $800 to lie my head on a pillow at night. Like, that's insane to me. And I know that you're paying for more than that, but still. So I was thinking, ah, I don't know what to do. And I just was spiraling because I it was like my whole trip is ruined. My whole trip is screwed. I'm going to be couch surfing. I'm going to be, you know, in people's way. And I hate being, you know, a bother. And even though I know nobody would see it like that. But still, you know, it's everybody. All my friends live in tiny apartments in New York. It's New York. You don't have room for somebody's like suitcase on the floor, let alone another body. So I get to Isabel and Eric's. They open the door. And they're like, Kennedy. And I'm like, hi. And I run into their loving arms and cry and we have tea and, you know, they make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And my mom figured out a booking for the next night. So a big shout out, perhaps the biggest, to my wonderful mother for saving me (laughs) in my really big, what's that book? What's that book? Hold on. I got to look it up. It's like that children's book, the big horrible horrible bad day you know alexander's what alexander and the terrible horrible no good very bad day that was like me i was alexander so she booked me for the next night and then in the middle of the night so i sleep on on eric and isabel's couch and their sweet dog bear cuddled with me all night, which I really needed. I was feeling very dejected and just worried and stressed. And the the whole point of this trip was to be a distraction and to be something that was really fun and took my mind off of all the other stressors in my life. And it was not starting off that way. So in the middle of the night, I like book a hotel room at a crazy price and then cancel it. And then I, and I also had like big plans the next morning too. So I was like, had so much to do and I couldn't sleep. But anyway, I woke up, I got ready. I'm in the morning. I march back to the hotel that I had, that had canceled my reservation. It's like, hi. And they're like, name? And then I said, oh, it's uh, Kennedy McMahon. I'm here about this canceled reservation. And then manager Daniel was there and he was like, oh yeah. He could clearly, I, I don't know what he said, but he could clearly tell. He knew exactly, once I said my name, he knew exactly what the issue <laughs> that needed to be resolved was, which big ups to him 
And they, I said, this is what I need. I was, I had to be very brave. I'm not confrontational in any capacity. And I'm very bad at asking for, for anything that's not normal, I suppose. So I went in and I said, I need a room for tonight through this night for the rate that I booked it at initially. They were very accommodating and lovely. And they gave me my reservation back for the price that I initially booked it at. But I didn't have to pay for those extra nights. So... I didn't have to pay for any nights that I wasn't actually there. And I didn't have to pay for the night that I spent on Eric and Isabel's couch. So that's good. I got a great rate. One of the best moments of probably my entire life was walking into that hotel room (laughs) and closing the door. Being like, I have a place to live. Yay! That's the end of the story. It was a wild 24 hours. But we made it to the other side. And it, it turned out to be, in some ways though I don't know that I would have chosen it. In some ways, it worked out for the best, even though it's a hard pill to swallow. But it's true. And Daniel saved the day, and my mom saved the day, and Eric and Isabel saved the day. So no real moral to the story, except for that what really saved me in that moment was asking for help. And not being afraid to ask for help when I felt totally lost and in dire need of help. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that story. For entertainment, I love hearing people's horror stories of crazy days or where everything goes wrong. I love hearing about that. I find it funny. If they find it funny, of course. If everybody, you know, if no one's hurt and all that jazz. But I find it really funny. It's not actually a big deal. Now it's just a funny, good story. So anyway... I'm rambling on. It's time to go. I have to go to the dentist. (laughs) I don't want to go to the dentist. But alas, one must get their teeth professionally cleaned. Or so I'm told. I love you. Thanks for listening. If you wouldn't mind, while you're here, if you could just give this podcast a five-star rating, that would be pretty cool. But if five stars aren't in your heart, then, you know, maybe just don't rate at all. No, you can. Be honest. Express yourself. But give it five stars. Five stars. Okay. But yeah, that's the best way you can support this podcast is share it with your friends. Give it five stars. And uh, that really helps people find it if you rate it. And leave a review if you can. If you're listening to this on a platform where you can leave a review, please do follow and subscribe to the show. And I love you so much. Have a wonderful day. Mwah. Bye.